0: This is Brian Hill, and you're listening to The Night Nerd.
1: Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday. Normally, we talk comic books, but today we're talking music, one of my favorite things ever. Uh, we're still talking baseball. It's opening day is upon us. It's almost here, and I'm really excited. And as was the case the rest of the week, I have my good friend Cole here. We're, we're just rocking and rolling uh, literally today. Cole, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well, sir. I'm doing well. So we're talking music, like I mentioned earlier. And somehow, and we'll we'll get into it, along the way, music has become an important iconic you could even say part of baseball like it's so integral to the game that you expect it. it's part of the experience and it is very much an experience and that that's something we're going to look at I think if we if were starting at the first you know I want to talk about taking me out to the ball game everybody everybody knows that song you know buy me peanuts and Cracker Jacks um it was written in 1908 by Jack Norworth and. Albert von Tilzer, um, but as you mentioned off the mic earlier, neither one of them has ever even had been to a baseball game at that point. You know, it's 1908; baseball is a thing. It, but most iconic baseball song. That'd be like if I wrote a song about sumo wrestling and it became the biggest <laughs> sumo song. Uh, no pun intended, but I think that that's interesting, and even more so. It wasn't played at a baseball game until 1934, and no, that was actually at a high school baseball game. Um, but it would be played in the 34 World Series, so it, it got there. And now, it it's part of baseball.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, as far as music goes, there's nothing more synonymous with baseball than "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." It's played at it parks across every single league from high school to college to the pros and it's played at just about every game at all of those because it is such an integral part of the game
1: yeah and you know they you usually get that song you'll get a nice little anthem america beautiful something like that thrown in and you were mentioning how they do regional songs. um you know different stadiums will play a song that really speaks to their audience and their crowd. I know uh, I, we went to Boston. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you've got, if you know anything about baseball, you know, what the seventh inning stretch is that's time to, you know, stretch out, go take a league, go get your last beer because a lot of stadiums do stop selling beer after the seventh inning. Uh, and that's when the entertainment that's whatever they want crowd participatory entertainment, and they'll play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" usually. And then every region, every stadium, typically has uh, its own extra song that'll throw in. Like he was about to say, up in Boston, they've got uh, "Sweet Caroline," which actually has nothing to do with baseball, but bah, 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 they just they love it up there, and they they sing it. Uh, Down here, down here in Texas, both in Houston and in Arlington, we've got deep in the heart of Texas. And that's what we do. And it's 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 like that all over the place. I mean, the Blue Jays have their own song Uh, up in Seattle. They play uh, Louie Louie. I think
1: they play like Nirvana up there or something.
0: Right. You would think, but I mean, hell, the Braves, the Braves play Zach Brown band, but they didn't come up. They didn't start playing that one until last year, whenever their new stadium was built. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, you just got all these regional things that whenever you go to a game in a certain park, there are certain things you expect to hear. Like if I went to Boston, got to go to Fenway Park, if I didn't hear Sweet Caroline, I'd be a little bit pissed off about it. So I'm,
1: I hesitate to tell you this, but I, I've been to Fenway, and yeah, and
0: I hate you. I hate you for it. My <laughs> sister probably hates you for it too. Boston's her team. I mean, I'm a Rangers guy, obviously, but but the Boston's her team, and she's never. I don't think she's ever been up there. So
1: yeah, it was that I'm same sure trip that we went to the baseball Hall of Fame, like yeah, we I hate for you for that too. Induction weekend, and it, but it was like that was. I mean, the game was all right. It was it was fun to see a baseball game, but. That was, you know, that was the experience, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, you know, for me as a history,
0: for me as a history guy, I me mean, getting to go to Cooperstown, I don't really care who's getting inducted that weekend. I want to see the history. Yeah. Same thing with Fenway. I don't really care who's playing. I want to see the his, historical Fenway Park. I mean, that's one of the few historically relevant stadiums anymore because there's so many of them that just, you know, they get rebuilt every couple of years. I mean, the uh, Rangers, they just rebuilt Globe Life Park in the Globe Life field or field in the park, whichever one they just built a new stadium to uh, a couple of years ago. And last year uh, got some use out of it, even though the Rangers really didn't. But, uh, but yeah, I want to see that history. I mean, that all that stuff is just really, really cool to me. Yeah, and something I I didn't know, like another
1: thing I associate with baseball is walkout songs, and in in my mind, I thought they'd been around, you know, because I go to to Major League, you know, thinking about Major League, that wild thing, you know, that's such an iconic scene, Uh, so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's always been a thing, but you're telling me that it's actually super... Super recent that people have yeah. walkout songs.
0: Yeah, in the in, in the grand history of things, I mean, baseball has been around in one form or another since like the 1830s or the 1840s. I mean, the game has evolved a lot, yes. But walkout songs are kind of they're a product of the 90s, more or less. I mean, you got your first real music that was associated with the game back in the early 1900s, 1903. The uh, Boston Royal Rooters would sing for the uh, Red Sox. And, uh, but, and that's kind of where it started. Then you have moving forward just before World War II or World War One. Excuse me. I'm jumping ahead in history here. But World War One, where they would have the lady come out and sing uh, God Bless America uh during uh yankees games and that was only supposed to be a one that was only supposed to be a one-time thing but people liked it so much they just kept her coming out and doing it over and over again and then obviously you've got the organists that that appear and start playing take me out to the ball game as we saw as we heard but it wasn't really until the 70s whenever a lady named Nancy Faust uh, got on the White Sox staff that uh, people started having very specific music being attributed to them in kind of like proto white, excuse me, uh, proto walk-up songs. But she would just kind of associate a song with a specific player and would play it on the organ. And then uh, that sort of evolved over time up until the nineties, whenever players would get, radio songs and stuff like that that were actually assigned to him. And then sometime in the mid-90s, Derek Jeter actually was kind of, I don't know if he was actually the first, but he was the guy who kind of popularized it. But sometime in the mid-90s, like during his rookie year, he basically went up to the uh, sound booth and was like, hey, let, let let me get This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan to play whenever I walk up. And from there, it skyrocketed. And at this point, I can't imagine the game without walkups, without walk up songs, because some guys will have uh, one walk up song their entire career. Other dudes will change it up every few weeks, basically as often as they can get away with that without annoying with without annoying their uh, sound engineer. I mean, as far as like iconic goes. To me, the iconic one is Mariano Rivera. Not even a not even a, a uh, batter. Whenever he would come out of the uh, bullpen to close out a game at Yankee Stadium, Mariano Rivera. For you guys at home who don't know who I'm talking about, first, shame on you. Second, he was the, he's the greatest closing pitcher that ever lived. I mean, holds the record for closes. I mean. Yankees icon, very last guy to hold the retired number 42 that, J- that was retired because of Jackie Robinson. But uh, he would always walk out of the bullpen to inner Sandman, inner Sandman by Metallica. I mean, if you were on the opposing team, whenever that music kicked in at Yankee Stadium, you knew you were kind of screwed at that point because Manny was coming out to do the job and you were done.
1: And, you know, I, we talked about on Monday or yesterday's show that alternate world where Macho Man is an all star catcher. And, you know, I guess maybe he just wanted to walk out to music more. Uh, because, right. you know, maybe maybe he
0: walked out to one of his own one of his own rap songs because right. he did do that. He did do that for a minute. Oh, yeah. But, well, but I so can I, like I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine him walking out to uh, his wrestling theme, "Pomp and Circumstance. I could totally imagine that. Yeah. And I think it would. it would still be fitting you know because again you know that's something you associate with with
1: wrestling because wrestlers have done it forever um Mm -hmm. and that's where that sports entertainment you know it's part of entertainment i actually i have a a funny and incredibly incriminating story uh that i'm going to share with everybody so so first off if you're a long-time listener you know like i hate piracy like people who download movies and music and comics and stuff illegally like There's a special special place in hell for you. I I didn't always have that belief though. I wasn't always like that. Back in high school in (laughs) a long time ago, um, we had our baseball team was pretty good. You know they won district like every year and went pretty far. And they wanted to have walkout music, so I was the surprise the nerdy tech guy. I was also the guy. Whose, yeah, parents, yeah, big surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> I was also the guy whose parents were out of town every weekend, too. So in high school, you know, that's a that's a big plus. But so they came to me, and one weekend we sat down and we got all the the songs that the whole team wanted. You know, get got on Napster just to, just to date myself here. Yeah, I us say uh, showing your age there. <laughs> yeah, not even Limewire, Napster, right? Um, so and we we got it and we we had it and people really enjoyed it so i mass produced these cds they had like a baseball cover like it looked like a baseball with our school's logo on it, it came in a really nice case with the track listing everything like that selling music that i legally downloaded um like ten dollars a pop and people loved it ate it up i sold a lot of copies well there's this little thing called copyright law and uh <laughs> Needless to say, I got some cease and assists because the, like I said, parents were out of town every weekend, so I was known as like, even though I was the nerdy guy, I was the party guy. Uh, again, not much has changed. So, a lot of other parents didn't really like me, so uh, I got snitched out, and we had to stop selling the CDs uh, openly. But no, uh,
0: I had to <laughs> yeah, stop openly. That, so. Good, good
1: qualifier there. Yeah. <laughs> But no, not before I I made a couple of hundred dollars selling illegal CDs because of walkout music. Like it was, yeah, that was the, so that's my baseball walkout story.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, on a weird similarly related thing i mean not but i mean the wwe wwf whatever you want to call them i mean they made money hand over fist for years by selling those compilations of wrestler walkout music and it's the same thing it's the same thing i mean you were pirating pirating it but i mean walkout music is walkout music it, it gets
1: you i mean it, it puts you in that place like like with the red because i had the wrestling cds like i was late you know that was the nwodx era so yeah i, I was in high school yeah. everybody loved it uh yeah. and but baseball is the same way you know you hear that music and you know like your favorite players coming out like oh, okay yeah you know i get to see nolan ryan come pitch or you know i get to see whoever you know and they, it puts you in that mindset and that, that's something music does anyway you know any song you listen to put you in a mindset takes you to a place That you associate with that song. And so with baseball music, I mean, it is the thing, you know, all of a sudden you close your eyes and, you know, you're there at the park and player, whatever, whatever is walking out ready to go. And you're, you know, you just get that excitement. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, and I do. I, I think they saw how well wrestling was doing with it because you even the 80s, you know, you hear the Ultimate Warrior music or Hulk yeah, Hogan music da, 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 or something. Da, da,
0: da, da, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know it. You know it, you hear it, and you, you're you out of your seat and you're losing your mind over it. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm not going to say
1: that they 100% copied wrestling, but there had to be some kind of... Influ- even, even though, you know, it was kind of done, like we talked about a little bit before, but I think the player-specific, big radio-friendly song... There had to be, you know, because, you know, some
0: of yeah, there guys, had to be there, yeah, there had to be some influence there.
1: It's just, but it's fine because it's another layer of the game. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many parts to it. And I, for one, being a music person, like love that music is part of it now, too, because, you know, you look at it, and again, this goes back to the conversation we've had all all week like why is baseball so relatable you know in football the teams kind of come out to their songs basketball they kind of do and you know they'll play some music in commercial breaks and stuff but there's not that opportunity you know we talked about that opportunity for dialogue at a baseball game well it also has an opportunity for, for music, you know what right? What yeah. How often, how often how often
0: in how often in any other sport is a very specific song uh related to and specifically for one player? I mean, who in basketball, going back to Mariano Rivera, who in basketball has their own inter Sandman? I mean, if you're at a baseball game, you hear that song, that's Manning. That is Mariano Rivera, no question, and there's, it can't be anybody else. Who in basketball or football or hockey or soccer, who else in any other sport has that kind of uh, connection with a specific song? I mean, they all play music, but how often is it specific music for a specific player at a specific time? I'm just imagining a golf tournament with somebody
1: like walking around, like say anything stereo, holding up, following (laughs) around or something like blasting inner Sandman as he walks up to tee off or something.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. Let me get, let me get Tiger Woods coming out to uh, up in here or something. Yeah. Let me get that. Let me get that. I'm, I'm here for it. But again, you know, it,
1: and it also relates you to the player a little more because, you know, a lot of these athletes, most, most people uh, aren't professional athletes you know they, they they're, right. these, they're these insanely talented in well and again baseball you know you don't always have to be like in the best best of shape like you see some of those guys you're like i kind of look like that okay i can relate right. but you know they, they you're like oh this is my jam too so yeah, you get really that first. Like pers- yeah, you
0: get that, you get that personality out of those players. Like Manny, he didn't speak English when he when he chose Enter Sandman. I believe, again, making sure I'm not sure if my history is right here, but I believe that one of his teammates actually chose it for him. And he Manny his basic basically he was just like, Yeah, I want something that hits hard and I want, you know, I want it to be intimidating. And that's what they ended up going going with him for because you know he came in, he came into the league. Uh, I don't remember exactly when. Let me have a look about that. Mariano Rivera came into the league um, in 1995. So, I mean, that hard hitting music, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was the thing. And, Andrew Sandman was well known, so he went with it. But you get to see those those baseball players' uh, personalities with it. I mean, there are baseball players who have come out to just the most comical, crazy, weird things that you can come up with. um, Like... I was talking, we were talking earlier this evening about it, and I don't remember specifically which player, but there's a player within the last three or four years that has come out to the theme music from RBI baseball. And anybody in those stands that played that game as a kid, they recognize, I mean, they might not be able to place exactly what it's from. It's like, but that's video game music. That's baseball video game music. Crap. Why do I know that? Or they'll come out to just something completely comical, like um, another player. Again, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, would come out to "Fly Me to the Moon" by Frank Sinatra. It's like, really? This this dude, this homie, is coming out to Frank?
1: Hey, Frank, Frank's the name. No, I'm not dissing <laughs> Frank at all.
0: But it's not. But it's not at all what you expect. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, it just makes it humanizes them a little bit because you know, mm-hmm. you hear somebody makes they they did the math for some of these guys, and you know, they make like eighty thousand every at bat. And you're like, mm-hmm. No, how uh, no, you're like, you're not a real person, like I hate you. Like, you know, I mean, but then you're like, Oh wait, you listen to the same music I do? Oh, well, okay. You're not yeah, so I bad.
0: Can, I yeah, I can get you, I understand you. Understand you, quote unquote, for as much yeah. as I possibly can, for as little as I make comparatively. I
1: understand, you know, that we have the same taste. And I think that's something, you know, that, that's really cool. And that music is about the only way. Uh, last week on my show, I talked about dancing. And I talked about how you could put two people in a room. And if they don't speak the same language, but you play music, they'll dance. Like, you, you know, music brings people together that, that's like just by nature what it does. And so mix that with, with baseball, bringing people together. And you know, like when we sang uh sweet Carolina, like everybody was singing and it's just this experience. And I think I, I really, it's something beautiful. I mean, you know, it really is.
0: Yeah. And you know, it even goes beyond what's actually at the game. I mean, we talked about seventh inning stretch and it's music and we talked about walk-up music and all that stuff, but I mean, just, in American culture, especially, just baseball is everywhere. I mean, you've got you know two or three songs that John Fogarty's done, "Put Me in Coach," and you've got. uh I never actually. I never heard that song. Center like field. Years ago. Really, how did you go your life without hearing that song in this state? Oh, no, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I
1: heard it at some point, like as a kid, but. I heard it one day on the the oldies station because um, my phone wasn't connecting. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm listening to the radio, mm-hmm. and I, man, this is a jam. And I look yeah. up, this song is super old,
0: like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like with those songs from from John Fogarty, I mean, that's just, he wrote those songs. I don't know his specific reasoning for those songs, but the reason that those songs are hit beyond how catchy they are is how relatable they are. I mean, but, you know, beyond that, you've also got... uh, you've got a lot of songs that were written for specific people. The earliest one that I can think of, and I may be wrong about this being the actual earliest one, but back in the uh, 30s and 40s, whenever Joe DiMaggio played, 30s, 40s, and 50s, whenever Joe DiMaggio played, you had Jolton Joe DiMaggio. I mean, he was on his way to the uh, all-time uh, con- all-time uh, consecutive hits uh, record. And... I couldn't tell you who played, who who wrote and played the song, but I could I could sing the song if I had a voice for you. But yeah, Jolton Joe DiMaggio was a thing. I mean, there's been songs written about uh, uh, Jackie Robinson. I mean, there's all I mean all sorts of things that you know, just outside of the actual game of baseball, were people who grew up with the game. Have wrote them about the game or about people involved in the game and um, they've become either just massive hits like the Fogarty songs or uh, niche things that just whoever's into that particular thing they know it, they hear it and they really like it. Like one of my favorite ones at this point is this band called Puig Destroyer P-U-I-G Now that is a play on words. For those of you who are into grindcore and stuff like that, you'll recognize that that's a play on Pig Destroyer, well-known grindcore band. But it's also, if you're into baseball, you'll also recognize the name Tweak because it's a play on uh, the baseball player. He was one of the top baseball players for several years. I th- I think he's fallen off a little bit in the last couple of last couple of years. But Yasiel Puig, who started off with the Dodgers and who I believe now plays for the Reds, maybe I'm wrong on where he plays now, but he started off with the Dodgers. But he was kind of considered the he was considered the next big thing whenever he first started. But Grindcore band, they don't have any song that are over a minute long. But every single song that they write is about baseball and you can listen to their entire catalog in about 15 minutes and hear 30 songs while you do it. But I mean, they've got, they've got songs like stop fucking bunting. And uh, from first to third, everything that they write is situated specifically on baseball and for either metal fans or baseball fans. It's just like, yeah, this is for me. (laughs) That's awesome. He, like I said, there's just
1: so much that you can do and, and relate to in baseball. Um, yeah. The, any other bombs of wisdom you want to drop
0: on us before we wrap up today? Uh, man, I think that we kind of covered everything. We start. We talked about, you know, from 1903 to World War I to early walk-up music with Miss Faust in the uh, White Sox. And, you know, kind of where it's at with modern day stuff. I mean, and again, I mean, we didn't touch on everything as far as baseball music outside of the actual game of baseball. But I mean, you can do a Google search for baseball music and you can find 50 different songs that are about baseball. I mean, Mm -hmm. one of the better known songs from the 80s with uh, Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire. I mean mm-hmm. it specifically mentions baseball if I'm if I am not mistaken at least twice.
1: Uh more more than that. Uh I, I'm a Billy Joel fanatic. Yeah, I mean right I club. know it
0: specifically mentions DiMaggio,
1: but yeah, like the the Mrs. Robinson song, you know. Yeah, I mean, Mrs. Mrs.
0: Robinson. Yeah, DiMaggio. with uh, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about Mrs. Robinson. So yeah, I mean Baseball is just, as far as music goes, it is all over the place. And bands that you would not even think about touching the subject in their music have totally done it, and it comes up in places that you would never expect.
1: Well, and speaking of Billy Joel, um, so I only have, like, really, if we're being 100% honest, I only have, like, one regret in my life. And it was fall of 2019. We had tickets to go see Billy Joel at uh, where the Rangers play because oh, when he plays he only does like most either he plays at madison square garden or at a baseball stadium those are like the mm-hmm. only places he plays right right we had tickets to go um i had just gotten furloughed the first time and uh we were like man you know let it's right before christmas it was like october november we we're supposed to go and in 2020 we'd i was already going to dallas to meet the letter cast um we had like Five conventions, um, a trip to New Orleans. We had all this stuff planned. We're like, you know, we'll just catch you next next time.
0: Man, you showed you you and messed then, up. You And then 2020
1: up. happened, and so yeah, I uh, my only regret in in life is not seeing. Bill yeah, Bill.
0: that's wow. Yeah, that's that. I would regret that too. You should regret that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let us know what are some of y'all's
1: favorite baseball songs. There's so, so like we said, so so many you can listen on the console here on soundcloud or on social media facebook twitter instagram all of it just look for the night nerd you can email me nightnerd at the if you have questions comments critiques if you're like oh no hey guys actually take me out to the ball game it was written in 1899 da, 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 or whatever i'd yes yeah, we can be wrong. wrong yeah with facts uh but, yeah, email me, nightnerd at the nightnerd.com. By the way, that does it for us today. Cole, again, thank you so much for being on the pleasure. show. Um, it's fun, and we will see you all tomorrow.